people of Earth. If you are hearing this, you are receiving a signal from another planet. Fanboy planet. Watch animated chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie. Sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the letter F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor. I'm just the definition of a fanboy, Bye, bugs in uh, Big Sur. So that was fun too. <laughs> Sounds like a sci-fi channel. So, yeah. Well, really, because then Luke says, "Oh, it didn't get me." And then yesterday, his class went to uh, Henry Coco State Park, and he came back all eaten by bugs. So, nice, nice. All right, you got cocky. That's yeah, what happened. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they can tell. They can sense that sort of thing. They can sense cockiness. Absolutely. Yeah. They're not gonna. They're not gonna let you get by with it. No, I think it was a caterpie. Uh, or uh, oh dang it I can't think of what the poisonous one is but maybe maybe uh, if you've been recording long enough we can just say this is Derek McCaw editor-in-chief of fanboyplanet.com and we are podcasting semi-live on Wednesday July 13th 2016 as as live as any (laughs) (laughs) you know I know but but from two different spots and this is our comic-con preview episode though it's not really the biggest story of the week now is it but of course uh across the skype waves can you call them airwaves skype waves across the skype uh running all the equipment from the brett cave through the inner tubes it's rick brett snyder and thank heavens those inner tubes are working uh all right and uh, as i said it's july 13th and so of course if you are listening to us on itunes please rate us review us subscribe to us tell your friends uh you know i think uh we run by word of mouth and people really enjoying the podcast so please share that which you can also do on the stitcher app you can do it on podcastpickle.com you can do it on podtrack.com i'm sure you can do it on others and if you can't on others please let us know and let them know that you'd like fanboy planet to be carried by them as well you can also go right to our site fanboyplanet.com where each and every podcast has a page of its own where you can listen and uh you can also while you're there if we talk about something that you think you would like to have in your own personal collection we do have handy dandy amazon links in case you cannot find it at your local brick and mortar store uh but if you use the Amazon link, then we get a tiny kickback there. And if you'd also like to help support the cost of hosting the podcast and hosting the site as well, which we have a lot of uh, text and picture, <laughs> yeah, words and pictures, the, that, that primitive way of doing things, uh, still there on the website as well. And you can go to paypal.com and donate that way through editor at fanboyplanet.com as well as any questions comments compliments commentary criticism write in to editor at fanboyplanet.com uh this week no one did uh write in although in a weird facebook glitch i got a notification that someone did make a comment and now i can't find it have you been having that problem with uh with like uh notifications uh comments sort of like being in a faded gray and then you go in and it doesn't even appear at all like you know it's there it tells you that there's a notification and then i have it on both uh my own site my own facebook page and the fanboy planets page. well it's always possible that. that they've deleted the comment after you got the notification 
Well, that is true, and I, I, I do hope that uh, it wasn't something rude then, because we try not to offend anyone. It's one of your fans trying to drive you crazy. It's so hard to narrow it down from that description. <laughs> All right. Speaking of driving crazy, we got a lot of comics news. We got a, a lot of movie news, TV news. Uh, and, of course, it's a double top story because my top story would have been the Comic-Con preview. But the top story really is since uh, we did not weren't able to podcast last week because I had to fly to Chicago on business last Wednesday. And last Wednesday marked the beginning of the apocalypse, uh, which was the release of Pokemon Go. Yes. And that has changed everything. Suddenly, uh, I feel like uh, like John the Cyber Baptist. Uh, for two years, I've been saying, uh, my gosh, I've seen virtual reality and augmented reality, and it's going to change everything to everyone I could find. But none of them were geeks. And now they all get it. Because... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know. For those of you who have not been aware of current events this week and have not narrowly avoided... Uh, running over teenagers on bicycles who were not looking where they were going because they were looking at a screen trying to find uh, a geodude. I'm just pulling one out of my uh, out of my hat there. Yeah. Uh, some kind of powerful Pokemon. Uh, Pokemon Go is the augmented reality game that is currently more popular than Twitter, which is kind of astounding. Although to be fair, Twitter is sort of on its way down. Um, more popular than Tinder, which is a relief because all of those kids are playing it. Yes. Uh, not Tinder, but uh, Pokemon Go. Uh, and uh, raised the value, the last article I saw, raised the net value of, of Nintendo. Nintendo on the stock exchange by $7.5 billion. Yeah, that's the big one. That is it's, the big one. It's like Dr. Evil took over <laughs> Um, seven point five billion dollars, and that is astounding. Um, I think you probably pay attention to the stock market more closely than I do. Yeah. In your memory, is there anything that leapt up with that kind of jump in so short a time? Not since the bubble, you know. Uh, the and this isn't so much of a bubble thing because they've actually got a business model for it. Oh, absolutely. And that's why it's so solidly interesting to investors that they can see how the 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 things that we're we're seeing is this is has such a broad appeal. Everyone in my household is playing it. Well, it's interesting because let's let's backtrack just a second and say, to be fair, for our hipster gamer friends, yes, it is built on the engine by the same company that developed uh, a ingress. game called ingress now was ingress a year old or two years old oh maybe two years maybe yeah, two I'm years old two, it was an invitation only game i uh, jc uh, Velacqua, uh was telling me about it uh several months ago and i thought oh it's interesting but i'll be honest he showed it to me it was green black and white and there was nothing visually appealing to me there was no you know story i played from, it for a couple of months and yeah, I have friends who still play it today. I mean, I have friends that are jumping back and forth between Ingress and Pokemon Go. Uh, but the thing about Ingress was that the the story there was a story there, but it was really complex and weird and hard to get a hold of. And this the the Pokemon Go is basically the same game with a different story pasted on top of it that, that so many people know. 
my wife knows Pokemon because she watched it with my son when he was right. It's, it's it's a story that's twenty years old, yeah, and essentially told in a in a evilly catchy theme song that, despite new animated series having a different theme song, everyone still knows the original one. Yes, sing it. So, <laughs> Pokemon gotta catch. Uh, yeah, I can't actually. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I want to be the very best. Pokemon, that much I remember, uh, and that's all I can you sing. You got before, the touch. No, before ASCAP uh, charges us for yeah. that, that rendition, but uh, you know, but it is. It's a storyline that people have known, in, and, and as you just pointed out, uh, for for your wife playing with your son years ago, uh, you know, watching the show, and that's where it is for me as well. My son has been going through. You know, I, here's the here's the thing. I, I mentioned the hipster gamers, so I'm seeing online. And they're people that I really like, and I understand, and it's absolutely, they're kind of over the game because they've been playing Ingress for two years. Um, but saying, oh, you know, welcome to it, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then I'm seeing, uh, I have a niece who is made, post something on Facebook, but like, like these people under 14 know who Squirtle is. <laughs> and I'm like, of course they do. It's still a basic Pokemon, and it's available on Netflix, and it's available on Hulu. Generations my... of video games for the Game Boy, and then... Uh, oh, absolutely. Nintendo. I mean, my son is, is going back through and playing every single Pokemon game, yeah. except for the card game. Uh, you know, he plays the Game Boy games and the Game Boy Advance and uh, the Nintendo DS and, uh, you know, whatever else there is. He, he's been into it. And now Pokemon Go, the irony is he doesn't have GPS on his iPod. So he is the one member of the family who cannot play uh, the game. Poor guy. But but he has stolen my phone a couple of times. This of course week. he has. Yes, we've hunted. And uh, so, I mean, but it is it is just absolutely fascinating. And, I, you know, I, I see many good things and many bad things with this. Uh, but the good thing is you say, you know, that uh, that a local business that might be a poker stop or, or a poker gym, I probably shouldn't be calling it a poker gym. It's just a gym, isn't it? It's uh, a gym, yeah. It's just a gym. That if you're a business that's a gym, you can, uh, you know, you can – no, there's there there are actual people right now who are working this business model in, in a third party way. So, for example, AF, oh, yeah. AFK right now has a um, they have I think they have a Pokestop in AFK and maybe a gym, um, and they are constantly throwing down the lures in there, right? And so the lures people like what will come in. And someone was saying that they've done the that a lot of businesses done the math. It's worth hiring somebody just to manage the Pokemon side of the advertising model. Yes, to get people into your business. Well, I can't remember which pizza parlor I read about this. It was CNN ran a piece about it, but they said it was like if you're spending a dollar twenty an hour to lay throw down the lures, right? And then everybody comes in and orders a piece of pizza and a drink and they're talking and you're becoming this popular hangout and people are buying. It's like you are the return as that fabled ROI, that return on investment is insane because your business is packed from open till close. And it could be the situation where if you aren't, I mean, even if everybody does, if you're the one place that doesn't, you know, why would anybody go to you? Because they can't catch Pokemon while they're having dinner. You know, we were we were literally Brett and Justin and I were sitting in Harry's Hopra last night playing a board game, 
But at the same time, we were catching Pokemon from our table. Yes. My house is crawling with Mankeys. Um, <laughs> and for once, that's not a euphemism. Huh. So uh, it, it's, uh, it's, it, it is very interesting. I mean, the downside is, is that some businesses probably don't. It's very fascinating to me. And, and what I've heard is that this is overlaid on essentially the map of Ingress. It is. So much, you know, that most of these spots co- correlate. But it's interesting to me how many churches yes are and you know they say police stations now have had to put up sign please don't go lurking around trying to catch especially not in light of how tense this country is yes i mean it it, had been a fascinating thing about uh when you look on your social media that you have uh all the stuff about all the horrible thing you have two sets of 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 news stories in your feed see they're all the horrible things that are going on uh with race matters in this country or pokemon go yeah. And Pokemon Go is bringing people together uh, in a very, I mean, actually, seriously, Saturday night was the first time I was able to get onto this, and a neighbor who has never uh, spoken to me uh, was out walking with her with her son while I was trying to figure out this game, because there's a couple of Pokestops across the street from me, and she looked up and said, are you playing Pokemon Go? We had the first conversation we've had yes. in the three three years since she moved in here yes. into this neighborhood. And she lives right next door. Well, you live, and, you're, you know, you're in Sunnyvale, and that's a hotbed. There's, there's a lot of activity out there. Brett sent me a uh, screen capture today of there was a, a one in one shot, there were like eight stops, and five of them had active lures on them. And they were, this was in a small area. But I was driving down the street uh, on the way, my way to pick up comics, and just as I, it was, it's like something out of Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Because as I'm driving down the street and I see a park off on the left, and I see three or four people clustered around, and they've all got their phones out, and I know what's going on. And then there's a couple people. There's a car drove up and stopped in front of a church, and you look in, and there's the guy. He's got his head, his hand down and donald Sutherland donald sutherland climbed out of the car exactly raised his finger and shrieked yeah um it's uh well i mean you've hit again on one of the potential downsides is you know uh that uh that it is uh they are you know this one i don't know how long this this craze can last it's new it's new to a lot of people um and so because it's new there's a lot of uh, uh, a lot of enthusiasm that may subside um i mean i'm still i'm sure it's going to have a very healthy subscribe you know uh freemium base for a long time i think it's going to stay as a popular game because this is a concept that is as we said up top you know it, it, i mean it, it's in inculcated into our culture and by the way has not yet launched in europe uh so it's about to servers. sweep across to them yeah uh well the, there are, there are a couple things couple things are going to happen one that'll stop brexit <laughs> they'll they'll be um they will revise this game there will be additional features there'll be new things that come out there'll be there'll be things to keep people active in it two there will definitely be a fall off there will be at some point people will just as they, as they do look for something new three the real question is who right now is looking for looking at a property an intellectual property a technology a an area, something that is going to be the next thing along this, and it's it's just going to get well. Bigger, there's, there's the more. tipping point. We yeah. have changed. 
Ingress started it, but nobody paid attention. Right. They kept it quiet. They they did some perfecting, though there's still obviously some work that needs to be done because I've already had two updates on this uh, pushed. But this is the game that is changing things historically. And you say intellectual property. This is going to be one that's going to have imitators or you're just going to or if you're just using, for lack of a better term at this point, the Ingress engine, yes. um, you can slap some other IP on top. Exactly. Though you know, put DC Universe. Exactly. Put Marvel Universe on on, on top of this. Go out and capture uh, capture a stilt man. You know. Well, uh, you know what it is. It's going to be a lot of aim aim agents. It's just going to be really irritating. Yeah. That's of... how I feel about Rodatas right now and Pidgeys. Uh, so there'll be a lot of AIM and Hydra running around and then using, pff, great. <laughs> but, you, uh, you got a great gargoyle? Where'd you get him? Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. No, no, that's a Geo dude. Uh, so uh, it's it's fascinating. Just And uh, this is a story to watch and not, and, and not walk away from because it's not walking away from us. Right. So let's get to the, the big thing, which is Comic-Con next week, starting... Wednesday, July 20th, in terms of preview night, running through Sunday, July 24th. Uh, my first thing is, I, I made a note here, don't play Pokemon Go at Comic-Con. Uh, uh, good luck. <laughs> no, my son said, you absolutely should. And I said, I already know that the that the uh, 3G, uh, that basically your data functions poorly at that convention center. That's true. Comic-Con anyway. But uh, but just imagine people not looking where they're going, even more so than they're not looking where they're going now. And I and I don't say that um, to be criticizing guests because I totally understand the point of Comic Con is to go and look. So oh, in, yeah, in this case, the the Gaslight District is going to be full of hunters and stuff. Yeah, but it's not going to be for Pokemon Go. It's just going to be. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, oh. Oh my gosh! I mean, yeah, we thought we had trouble. That was it two years ago. Was when the walk? Why they had to stop the zombie walk because right. someone someone panicked and hit a zombie uh, with their car. Uh, <laughs> you know, this year with Pokemon, and I was thinking. I mean, that's another. I just got to throw this out there. Is there was a you know one of the Pokestops stops was a convalescent home on my street. So I'm walking around behind them thinking, and as I'm doing that, I'm hearing somebody scream with some kind of dementia and that's not to make light of it but to, but to realize again that it's like there's people inside there who are seeing things and we're outside perfectly fine seeing things and it's just a very weird social commentary going on i don't even know what I, what it really means but it's just it's just kind of yeah reality is shifting is changing but anyway back to reality shifting on purpose where we know what's happening in San Diego. Uh, it is, it is going to be huge. Uh, there are plenty of outdoor activities. Uh, I can uh, say that uh, I don't know what format this is actually going to take, but they will be unveiling uh, Wonder Woman's invisible plane outside of Comic-Con. F- FX is back with their virtual reality uh, experiences outside on the lawn. Adult swim is with their, uh, reality uh with their carnival i guess it is back back there star trek beyond is the world's largest outdoor imax screening where they did the star wars concert last year 
um, there's a ton of stuff and the nerdist and, um, uh, Felicia Day's, uh, group geek and sundry, uh, are, are once again taking over Petco park and they have a full schedule of programming. And there's the thing that gets a little scary, uh, for, for how, how populated, heavily populated the gas lamp district is going to be. You don't need a comic con badge to get into that right. geek and sundry right. and nerdist party at, right. at Petco. So they have at least three full days of programming as well. Many of the same guests that will be in, in inside the convention center uh, at panels uh, there. So, you know, you can pay kind of pay, uh, pay to play, pay as you go. I would be very interested afterwards to see how many people go to Comic-Con HQ instead, and maybe if the crowds are too bad, how many are actually in San Diego in their hotel rooms just streaming Comic-Con HQ instead? Yeah, the, of, the, one thing, the one thing people need to remember is there's no parking down there at all. So you want to park outside of that area and take the tram in, or the, what do they call it, the thing? This is a train. It's a train. It's a, a trolley. Train. Trolley, trolley in. Yeah. Um, it's slow, but it, it'll be faster than trying to find parking. You know, I mean, it's interesting because somebody, when they put the parking on uh, online and you could get the parking permits, um, yeah. and the Hilton Bayfront has a big parking garage, and one of my friends uh, texted me from the East Coast, and she said, oh, I'm going to, yeah, parking's available. And I said, I don't need it. I have hotel. She said, well, she, her parents live in San Diego. And I said, you know, I, I did it once. And it took me longer to find parking, as you say, you know, and so and, and when it had gone on until so this year, someone said, well, when are you just going to, you know, rent a Winnebago and park it in, in like a grocery store parking lot? And that solves your housing and your parking. And I thought, where's the grocery store parking lot? Yeah. <laughs> you know, tell me where that. Oh, so oh and they're, they're towing out of they're towing out of those places, too. I have a friend who. Uh, was down there last year with, uh, and he drove down to the show every morning. And he has uh, a disability, and he had a, a he had a badge and stuff. And he was having trouble finding a spot that he could park in. So, well, yeah, you know, I, I, I can understand that. Um, you know, that's uh, some some of us in nerddom are not the healthiest, and you know, that's that's a a true thing too um yeah parking is uh, uh you make it so exciting to go <laughs> <laughs> um, um yeah stay home people just just go to just join comic-con hq no but when, when you'll be there uh of course there'll be a lot of hall h stuff uh, once again the cw is going to be taking over hall h on saturday night and showing uh having panels on all i shouldn't say the cw it's the warner brothers television so all the superhero shows will have will have panels i believe i uh, i zombie will also be represented but i'm not sure that it's being lumped together with the same thing um despite claiming they weren't gonna come uh it sounds like fox is going to at least do a celebration of alien historically okay with some cast members because i don't think they've got any footage of the new uh, Ridley Scott, uh, basically the sequel to Prometheus, which will bridge them. But uh, they are bringing out uh, cast members and going to do retrospective, which is going to take over all age. Uh, of course, Marvel will be out with Doctor Strange and Guardians of the Galaxy. 
Volume 2. James Gunn has promised that there is some sort of technology that will keep people from leaking the, uh, you know, whatever is shown there. I don't know what that is, but then he's also promised that if there's like a trailer, they'll pretty much have just a high def, a high resolution version of that trailer available. They're going to set off an EMP in Hall H. Almost immediately after. Well, you know, that's what he he says. There's technology in place, but I don't know if that technology is, uh, you know, it's just people again looking for the red lights of cameras. I, I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, he, he didn't elaborate, but then why would he? Why should you? Really, if you have a weapon, why should you reveal what it is right, right, before right. you actually? You'd rather not have to use it at all. Um, of course, Suicide Squad's going to be big. Uh, Wonder Woman's going to be big. Um, you know, I kind of, I really had not, foolishly, I had not processed that. Of course, uh, this is Wonder Woman's seventy-fifth anniversary. And so uh, DC Entertainment, that's, that makes it a little broader uh, than just the comics, is going is really pulling out the stops to celebrate Wonder Woman. Like I said, there'll be an invisible plane unveiling. Uh, Linda Carter will be appearing, uh, which is really cool. Uh, Gal Gadot will be appearing as well. And they and the last couple of years have been the costume galleries in the DC booth, and this year it will be uh, featuring Wonder Woman costumes. And I will assume because there aren't that many uh, cinematic or television versions of Wonder Woman uh, in the way that there are of, uh, of Batman and Superman. Uh, it's going to be largely the, the new movie coming out that's going to have a lot of costumes featured. Although, I, even though it was a terrible, terrible movie, I would really love to see the Kathy Lee Crosby Wonder Woman costume. I was just going to say, what about Kathy Lee Crosby? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Javelin that would be Wonder hilarious. Woman. Yes, that would be hilarious if they had that, uh, but but cool. Uh, so there's a lot going on there. There's a, a lot going on with comics if you want to find them, uh, and probably a lot going on with gaming, a lot of virtual reality um, exhibits going on. Uh, I did mention that FX was doing their outdoor one. There is also uh, there's a Game of Thrones House of Faces. Yes, I read about this. Yes. Um, so uh, I'm not quite sure what that is, but that's... Uh, you don't know what it is? Well, I mean, I know what the House of Faces is, but I'm not quite... Uh, you get to have you your know, face put on the wall. Oh, that's so exciting. Uh, and it's very interesting to me that it is always the same place. Like for the last four years, they've had the exact same off-site storefront uh, for... for like, I mean, I think it speaks interestingly about the, the same space has remained empty for four years in San Diego because they'd done the climb the wall uh, one year. They had the get your fit, get your house allegiance tattooed on you. Uh, Maybe they can make their well, make, they can they make they can make their years money in one Comic Con week. You know that might be true and isn't that frightening uh, about the kind of money being spent by studios and no wonder then that san diego would rather have comic the chargers uh fox is going to do a virtual reality uh, rocky horror experience as well which i'm not sure what that actually will be but i'm looking forward to dancing the time warp again um there and we'll be trying to cover this with you but they've also made a lot of announcements ahead of time and so we'll be talking about that tonight so let's uh let's get right to uh 
there's another Comic Con which made an announcement today in an attempt to ride the the news cycle coattails. And I'm not talking New York Comic Con, though. I, you know, there's a story that I don't know many details of, but we should mention. You know, New York Comic Con we covered a little while ago about how they had, uh, you know, you had to prove you were a real, fan. Yeah, a real fan. Yeah, you had to prove you were a real fan, and the tickets went on sale, and it was really, uh, you know, intense and sold out just about the speed that Comic Con San Diego normally does. Uh, and they actually had a suicide as Whoa. a result of uh, a man not being able to get tickets to New York Comic Con. Oh my God! Which I just, you know, need to say. Uh, let us all take a step back and say life will go on yeah. without, you know, <laughs> this is. But I mean, that's how intense these conventions have become uh, culturally. The closest thing to a letter I'd say I got today was a, a brief online conversation with Lon Lopez, who was at, saying, like, you know, it's it just feels very weird to him. He says the world is like topsy-turvy. That wasn't the reason that we started having conventions was so that we could find our people <laughs> and hang out with the people that shared our interests. And now everybody does and it's the same you know it's the same old argument about you know i mean this is what we hoped is you know it's a it's gone mainstream right i i said you know to, to me it's very cool but it's but i can see where it is it, it is kind of weird realizing okay like you know um it's actually a, a bonus for my son to be with his with a peer group and being able to tell them who dr strange is when every every other kid's seen the trailer but has never read the comics but my son has you know yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. he's like that was not the way if i had said oh i like dr strange when i was my son's age i i would have uh, opened my eyes from the bottom of the trash can uh <laughs> or the or you know gotten got a new hairstyle by having my head dunked in the toilet yes. uh it, it's just it's it's very interesting it's the and first so blue hair to their, I'm sorry. What? That was the first blue hair styling. Is the first blue hair? Yeah. yeah. Which perhaps, perhaps decades from now, I will again. Uh, anyway, uh, the king of the geeks, or the guy who really wants to be the king of the geeks, is Steve Wozniak, being, uh, and he, he's got a legitimate claim, being one of the co-founders of Apple. But uh, he's also the co-founder. It's very interesting because they keep billing it as Steve Wozniak and friends. But the friends never really get named as <laughs> they shift. It's Steve Wozniak. Uh, he's the founder of Silicon Valley Comic Con. And they announced today, uh, I think they listened to the podcast and they took our advice. Yes. Uh, first of all, they announced their dates as April 21st through April 23rd, which is a little later than it was last year. So I'm, I'm kind of happy about that. And I hope that that means that it's. Uh, I haven't checked the dates on WonderCon, but I hope that they're not really directly running up against each other. Because, again, this is a, a year I have been hearing a lot from my friends in the comics industry of saying it's getting harder and harder to know where to focus our energy, right. which conventions to go to. Because weekends were often the time you would spend catching up on your art. Uh you know, and we and we already know that like uh, you know Mick uh, Mick Gray has posted a couple things about you know he's not going to be able to go to Comic Con uh, because you know he's got a he's they're Deadlines. trying to keep Super, Superman on schedule. Yeah. So, um, 
It was April 21st to 23rd, but that's not why I say they listened to the podcast. It's that they announced that they have expanded their footprint. They're going into the South Hall, which is not a surprise. But they are also uh, going across the street to the San Jose Civic Auditorium, which we did specifically say. There's this beautiful Civic Auditorium across I, – we, I don't think we can think of the the actual name of it, but that's what it's called, across the street that would have been a great uh, you know, place for uh, – for a panel, uh, you know, for big panels and movie presentations and yes, so forth, yes. they're they're doing it. They're also taking uh, the California. Yes, that's so exciting. I, that's I exciting. Su- I suspect that's more nighttime programming. I'll bet there could be some really cool stuff. I think they could run it all day long. And when Cinequest is down there, they run stuff in in the California more than just in the evening. Yeah, but you know, I want I think it would because of it being such a beautiful movie house that you know, how much mo- real movie programming could there be? But maybe there could be a really cool TV preview too. I and you know, we've been, I, we've been there to listen to people talk, you know, it's That is true. That is true. It just seems well, we'll have to see. There's a lot of big. And they said there's more to come that they're working with Team San Jose and the Downtown Association, and that's the big thing where I said it, 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 where we said on the podcast you know, that they really need to reach out and connect with the San Jose community and let the local businesses be a part of this. And yeah. though the press release really kind of focused on they need parking and transportation, which I do agree, that is a big problem in downtown San Jose. Um, you know, they're working. Well, it's, it's a problem. problem in, I think it's a problem in downtown San Jose. But if you park outside of it again, the light rail lets off right there. Yeah, but I suspect they're also going to they maybe talk about running shuttles. Because the light rail works, let let you off right there. If you're someplace where the light rail will pick you up, right? And you know, and and that has been one of the one of the things we keep talking about light rail expansions, but that hasn't happened the way it was supposed to yet. Uh, so you know, I I'm just glad they're working on it to try to solve a problem yes. for something that could be a very very cool event for Silicon Valley, yes. uh, and uh, so. We're looking forward to that. I just think it's really funny, you know. Announced it this week while everybody's getting ready for San Diego. But yes, I'm sure there are plenty of uh, news desks that'll go, "Oh, so they're getting ready for San Diego, and they're already ready for San Jose." Yeah. <laughs> the like, other thing they need. This... The, the other thing they need to fix is the food situation, because they did not. That is very true. Did not work last year at all. I mean, waiting 45 minutes in line for. Let's face it, really unhealthy food um, was not good. And that's a shame, in a, in, you know, and that's where I think they reached out to a lot more local restaurants. Yep. Um, because you say that unhealthy food, but there's there are plenty of places in downtown San Jose that yep. are really healthy and and, and even, not and food unreasonably trucks. slow. You know, bring the food trucks into the, that space. You know. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That that'd be great. Uh, you know and nerdify them go ahead go ahead so anyway that's going on uh i did want to uh, before we turned to a lot of the marvel now uh stuff to mention i just saw this today uh for dc one of my favorite heroes uh one of my favorite characters getting a very interesting twist in the dc uh rebirth uh (laughs) system um they're turning dead man into a romance gothic romance comic yeah. Out in October, Dead Man, colon, 
Dark Mansion of Forbidden Love. Wait, was Dark Mansion of Forbidden Love like a late sixties title? I don't old, think so. Like when when Dark Shadows was popular? I don't recall. I somebody, some company had like a really gothic uh romance, romance title. title? Hmm. I, 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 I it, it certainly could be, but I don't recall one for DC. Okay. Yeah, I it's uh Maybe somebody can write in if they if somebody yeah. who knew more about romance comics. The only time I ever read romance comics was when I was at my cousin Jeannie's house, uh, and she I know she had a lot, and so I just kind of read them because I was reading whatever comic somebody had, and uh, so it just you know it's it, it's funny. But anyway, Sarah Vaughn and Lan Medina will be writing with uh, or, or creating because Lan Medina is an artist, a really good one, um, with covers by Stephanie Hans, a young woman with a conflicted heart and the ability to see ghosts. Berenice lives with her boyfriend. Nathan in a grand mansion in New England, but is growing closer and closer to her best friend, Sam. As she struggles with her heart's desire, a dark presence settles over the mansion, drawing the attention of the ghostly superhero, Dead Man. As Berenice and Dead Man seek to free the house and its inhabitants of Adalia Whitehall, vengeful rage, more disturbing and sinister secrets emerge, leaving Berenice in grave danger. So it uh, looks like it's a little of every, something for everyone in uh, DC Rebirth, which we'll get back to when we play What's in the Bag. But um, I got to say, I've been trying every single title so far from Rebirth, and I'm enjoying them. Yeah. I, 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 I'm surprised. You know, you know, so, I, asked, I asked Neil anyway. today at, at Hijinks what was the most surprising thing about Rebirth, Rebirth looking for a title. He said, the whole thing is amazing, that just about everything is selling out, you know, just... And- and it should be. I mean, we'll you know, we'll get back. You know, like I said, we'll circle back around. But you know, I I think they that <laughs> this time they really did it right. Even though a lot of it is really undoing <laughs> what they've done wrong. Yes. You know, I mean, it's just kind of funny. It's like, well, if you guys knew this, if you knew how to do this, why haven't you? But I, you know, I get it. It's like the producers. Uh, you know, they had to they had to do a bad show. Uh-huh. I guess I except that they continue doing bad shows the producers yeah. this is not I mean the interesting thing is though that some of the books are very clearly also you know retelling classic stories but with very uh you know new twists but you know and, I, and I'm not saying that as a bad thing because I realized like it's not on my list this week because it was last week's book but, but Green Arrow is essentially doing you know resetting what made him at his most popular with the goatee in the, in the early, late sixties, early seventies right. before he became a hard traveling hero you know, it's, it's knocking him back to that. I thought, you know, honestly, I, uh, I could try giving my son that original book and, you know, or one of the trade paperbacks of that, and he wouldn't be interested, but reading it now set in 2016, mm-hmm. he's interested. And the truth of the matter is that storyline worked. You know, so why not retell it with with uh, with the new things that are possible? Yeah. You know, so anyway, it's uh, it, it's very fun. Let's let's take a look. Uh, maybe before we go to Marvel now, I should mention one other, which is that Boom Studios had a couple of great announcements uh, this week on the, what they call the Road to Comic Con, which they done last year too. A new announcement every day, but the two that really I think strike uh, at the heart of, of where Fanboy Planet uh, lives is that they, they've, they're they the latest publisher to do uh, WWE comics. Um, 
And so they're, they're going to have six one-page comic books. I don't call them comic books, really. Six one-pagers uh, available at Comic-Con, each featuring a different wrestler. And then they're going to be moving forward trying that. Many publishers have tried. Uh, and so Boom is the latest. They may actually do well with it. And when I say actually, it's just because I trust Boom. I just don't trust that wrestling comics have sold as well as everybody thinks that wrestling comics should sell. Will they try and make them like realistic things that could happen in the ring? I'm not not I'm not going to go there as to how to dissect that <laughs> sentence, but but it's not going to be like they all have superheroes and when the when they leave the wrestling ring, then they go off and be the superpowers and. You know. uh, I don't know. Yeah. I really don't know. And uh, but every I have picked up from time to time. I think I'd read when Titan. Did it because uh, Keith Champagne wrote um, the first few of, of those, and it definitely had kind of it was trying for a not superhero take, but a superpower thing. Yeah, uh, I think it was with me. It was Chaos Comics that did it before uh, as well, and they had it was supernatural superpowers as well. You know, I mean, I think it's really just playing the personas up to the hilt. The thing is now. Uh, you know, everybody has personas, but they're not quite the outsized personas that like the 90s of the WWF oh, right, really right. had. You know, The Undertaker and Mankind and uh, the Bushwhackers. Kane. Uh, and, and who? The Bushwhackers. Oh, the Bushwhackers. Yeah. Sorry, there was a, there was a glitch. I just heard the Urs. Um, and, the Hulk? Uh, and Hulk Hogan. <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, well, he was literally a cartoon character. Yeah. Um, so they've got that, but the biggest one, the one that's just, oh, thank you, only six issues, but it's enough, uh, because those six issues will crack comics wide open, which is the first ever crossover, and of course it's the first ever, and it's probably, the, <laughs> because why would you cross these two over, but of course, uh, Escape from New York, Snake Plissken is going to meet Jack Burton, so Big Trouble in Little China meets Escape from New York uh, starting in this fall, yes. in a six-issue miniseries, written by Greg Pak. Who had just done Batman versus Super uh, Batman Superman comics and action comics, and um, he did Warlock and the Phoenix Saga a while ago. And he's a great filmmaker, uh, and I know he has something else that's like I'm I'm totally blanking on what other book he's got going right now. Uh, but he is a great great writer. So uh, and then the artist is the guy who uh, his name is escaping me right now, but who's did the artwork on Kennel Block Blues which I think was a series from Boom Studios that I had brought up a couple times on the podcast. Just really cool art, interesting style. Um, I, I'm really looking forward to this book. So maybe we'll get a chance to sit, sit down and talk with somebody uh, from Boom about, about that. Um, I would say maybe. Maybe. But let's look. At, they did release today um, a previews magazine of Marvel Now, which is in the fall, changing uh, – you know. Uh, listing all the new number ones i'm grateful to see that not everything is restarting in a number one yeah but uh this list was leaked last week and there was something very very interesting but i think ultimately very very temporary with the exception of uh, of a title called death of x not a single title features x-men yeah, I've been wondering about that. Yeah, and so that was uh, 
you know, that was a big, big thing. I, you know, it's like wait for that publicity to die down about how Marvel wants to get rid of the X-Men, then hope that we all forgot about it and then get rid of the X-Men. <laughs> so. Well, it's certainly, I mean, the, the storylines, I know you don't read X-Men, but the storylines. No one reads X-Men. I read X-Men. I read, I also read the Inhumans and the Inhuman line is getting so much wider and broader and encompassing and mm-hmm. involved in the Marvel and the X-Men are getting more and more excised and winnowed down and not part of anything really. They, 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 they seem to be going away. And the thing, the funny thing is the storyline supports that the storyline with the, uh, the terror, Terrigen mists. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, is, 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 is it's, it's made specifically to create in humans and destroy mutants. So. Well, yeah, see, that's no coincidence. Then yeah. <laughs> it's not the funny thing is that they put it in in plain sight. They want no more X Men. At the same time, that uh, Fox is just now pursuing a third X Men uh, TV series. Uh, Brian Singer uh, is going to be producing an X Men uh, something X related for Fox TV. Um, what is interesting to me about this, and you know, uh, you may look at some of at, at some of these, and who's getting a solo title or getting a new title? There are some very, very interesting choices that speak to, you know, we were just talking about the success of Rebirth. Like uh, I will pull point out, and I, and I really should post because I, I was out of town when uh, this press release came out. But you'll notice there's a new a new Cage solo book cage number one um it's with as written and with art by uh jendy tarkovsky who is the creator of samurai jack and the director of the hotel transylvania movies so a fantastic animator basically turning luke cage into you know the greatest uh luke cage cartoon that you never saw right um the clone conspiracy which we know i believe was the Dead No More uh, right, revelation. Right, right. Uh, a lot of spinoffs. Doctor Strange, Sorcerer's Supreme. Because uh, you've got to get as many Doctor Strange titles uh, on the stand before November. Uh, since that's you know coming out. Great Lakes Avengers is coming back. But the, like, uh, So my son looked over this today in the car and said, Fool Killer? I, I, Who's that's, Fool Killer? That's the one I went to, that's the one I went to immediately. Yeah, I mean... Um, and then oh, Iron Fist, so there will be another uh, Iron Fist. Two Iron Mans, infamous Iron Man, uh, which is Victor Von Doom wearing the armor, and Invincible Iron Man, which uh, if you uh, saw uh, people being upset online last week, is a, the new Iron Man will be a 15-year-old black girl. She's uh, already in the books. King, Kingpin getting books. a solo book. Uh, this new character, Mosaic. A new relaunch of, of Nova. Um, bullseye, uh, you, you skipped bullseye. That's yeah, I did. One. I did. Yeah, it, it was just because I was just kind of jumping around looking. Here's again. Uh, so bullseye getting a book. Uh, Prowler, which is way way overdue. Right. Uh, slapstick. Slapstick, I think is. Um, I know who slapstick okay. is, but yeah, I know. It's it's like what <laughs> Thanos. I get. I you know I I do get that. Um, you know, and then uh, I would assume this, uh, you know, the wasp was going to be pushed again. And there's, though they're they're not making a big deal of it. I think you know, one, it's a push for diversity, but two, it's a push for um, 
you know, it's, it, it's putting an emphasis on the characters that are, are crossing over into a variety of different media. And uh, because we know it's going to be an Iron Fist TV show, uh, we know, you know, Thanos is still front and center, really, in the in the Avengers uh, movies. Did you and, mention Jessica Jones? And Jessica Jones coming back. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, you can see the David Mack cover uh, I did. I was able to put up uh, earlier this week, uh, which I mean, that that's great, too. You know, I mean, because you because Marvel, you know, somebody posted made the comment of just like, uh, isn't it a little late? And I'm like, well, I don't think that Marvel really could have foreseen. They could say they knew they made a good TV show. They didn't know it was going to win a Peabody Award. And, you know, and that's one where you kind of go, Brian Michael Bendis was basically responsible for a Peabody Award. That's amazing. Uh, and that you know speaks to the quality of that show. But it takes time to ramp up the team and get the right pieces in place to do a book. It's just like that Captain America issue two thing, which I saw a news article last week saying, oh, Marvel backtracked from their oh, Captain God. America agent of Hydra thing. I'm like, you don't understand yeah. that was the plan go, all along. How And it was a mainstream room. news thing, you know? You're back to your room. You don't deserve to be out. <laughs> well, you know, well, there, and that's where back to that comment about, about all this being mainstream and, it, and, you know, uh, not bothersome, but, you know, it's kind of weird is that, you know, there are a lot of people that still don't get the cycle of it, that still don't get how it all works because it is new to them. I'm glad that they all like it. I'm glad that it's getting the attention it is, but I don't like the hysteria that comes along with it yeah. and, and the people not realizing what it is. And, you know, and I'm, I'm seeing a lot of backlash on Marvel now. Again, this concept that uh, Tom DeStefano said is, uh, you know, that Marvel basically programs their books in seasons. So you have a Marvel now in the fall because, and you'll have another Marvel now a year from now because that's the way people want to market. And I've said, and I've said, well, you know, I do want them to just release books when they have good stories to tell. But the flip side is the status quo is constantly, constantly resetting and and changing instead of evolving. And uh, so, you know, you like a character, it's hard to tell if they're going to, if the book's meant, even meant to last, you know? So anyway, let's get to what's in the bag, Rick, what's in your bag? Well, the first thing in my bag, is a number one and it's uh, a favorite character that i'm sure that people are, are looking forward to reading a new uh, new take on and i know you're thinking i'm going one way but i'm going to the flintstones oh from last week oh it was last week i picked up this week as the first i, I but I you know what week. i think it's fair to bring out because yeah. i i had not put that in i i mean i bought it last week i i read it it was in so. my bag this week though what? Oh, it was in your bag this week. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Um, this is, uh, I mean, I'm pleased. I'm actually quite pleased with uh, with the take on it. The they're, they're fairly true to the original. They've brought it up forward a little bit more. They've The artwork's neat. they got a whole, you know, nothing's missing. And it's all just better. I think it's more of a scathing satire than... And I do mean scathing, you know, um, it's kind of a violence and a repudiation of capitalism. Uh, <laughs> maybe I'm reading too much of the meta textual commentary of it, but, uh, my only disappointment with it was that the initial Amanda Connor artwork made it seem more like Wilma was going to be the, the anchor Yeah, because a family sitcom would be that way now. 
Um, and you know, so I mean, that's just, it's a silly thing. It was just, that was my expectation. And well, this, she's, she's instant, got about half the pages in this book. I mean, but it's not her, but it's, it's but not, it's more she's the not driving the story. I didn't show. It's more the Fred. Fred's the A story. Yeah, and she's the B story, and it's more you know his supporting uh, her uh, in her efforts. You know, so he still to me stays stays kind of front and center. But if you're going to um, launch this to the to one the the audience that remembers, you don't want to throw him a hook right a, right away. I mean, I'm not going to go in one way or the other, but we've seen what happened with Ghostbusters, and if it all of a sudden the Flintstones is about Betty and 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 uh, Wilma, then it might not get the same kind of reaction. And you, what you can do is you can then move the story into that that space. You know, after you after you capture the uh, capture the audience that you're looking for. Just saying. Well, yeah, I'm just trying to parse that in terms of the Ghostbusters comparison. Because one thing I think is, you know, it's like the Scooby-Doo. No, the... the I'll be be interested to see who the... how the sales have been for these. I think the most successful out of all four of these Hanna-Barbera redos is Future Quest. No doubt. Because Future Quest actually doesn't change anything. It just gives you more depth to them. Yeah. Whereas, you know, Wacky Raceland, which number two came out today, uh, Scooby Apocalypse and and the Flintstones is a rethinking. And it's to me, it's almost the new 52 thing of who are you trying to capture? Because the people that want to read Scooby-Doo are probably already reading Scooby-Doo. And doing a completely different take on the Flintstones. I mean, I don't know, because I'd say it's nothing Hanna-Barbera themselves didn't try over the years because they did Pebbles and Bam Bam as teenagers. There were uh, TV movies over there, and there were even crossovers, as we pointed out a couple weeks ago, the Flintstones meet the Jetsons. Uh, You know, they tried. But but in all those, they were still recognizably the same characters. And in this, it's not quite... Now I, you know, it's just it's just interesting to me. I didn't think it was a bad book at all. It's just one of those where I'm like, but who are they aiming at? And if they're aiming at our age again, I'm I'm just saying, I'm just thinking, well, who's going into the store to get that? Who isn't already going into the stores? Yeah, you know, yeah. I so that's when they're notable experiments. But Future Quest should have gotten a lot of readership. That's that's where uh, I'll go. Uh, I will go with number two since you go went with the number one, uh, which is this is the part of the rebirth experiment, Wonder Woman number two, which I have not had a chance to read yet. But as they're alternating, this is uh, yes, this is uh, the art by Nicholas Scott with Greg Greg Rucka writing. So basically, odd numbered issues of wonder woman will be uh what's happening to wonder woman currently in the dc universe and even numbered ones are year one retelling the origin which is she has said nothing makes sense it doesn't add up there's so many different versions so now he's going to straighten it all out uh so i think this is definitely uh worth picking up uh one because uh, nicholas scott is a fantastic artist as is liam sharp so i mean wonder woman is going to be consistently one of the best drawn books on the on the market right now uh no matter what number you pick up um 
and it is an intriguing experiment. So again, we'll see, we'll see that. And uh, this is the year of Wonder Woman. There's just no no doubt about that. People are excited uh, about Wonder Woman, and this could be a fantastic, fantastic book. So I'll go there. Next on your book, on your stack. Well, next on my stack, I haven't had a chance to uh, to actually read through it, um, but it's uh, the new Superman with a hyphen between the R and the M. Um, we have the Chinese Superman um, coming out in kind of uh, leading up to uh, the Chinese Justice League. We're, we're, we're going to get that eventually, isn't that right? I think so, yeah. 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 Um, it's a beautiful book. Uh, it's It looks, it re, it's looking very much like the, um, the Milo, uh, the, uh, the uh, Spider-Man um miles morales miles morales uh with the kind of supporting cast of a buddy who's kind of overweight and a girl a girl who hangs out and it's very techy and um the only thing that's and i know this is this is uh gene yang right yeah yeah yes gene um, Wen yang the dialogue it, it, it's it's almost like you could take this it's very much the background it's all china it's it's you know but the dialogue is is so western and i don't know if 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 it's meant to be a translation to the way the the language would be spoken were it western or whatever but it kind of it it kind of i suspect me, leaves me wondering effort. about 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 it I, I and i i you know i read a lot of um translated uh, manga and I don't have a problem. I actually go to these books to learn a little bit about the other cultures. And when I see this, this is really feeling like an American kid, teenage, teenage superhero book. So um, I'm not damning it for that, but I'm just saying I was, I'm surprised by it a bit. So. Well, we'll see when you're right. It is leading to the justice league of China. Um, so, uh, with because yes, there will be characters uh, feeling it. I mean, you look even at the cover; he doesn't look like a teenager. He looks a little older, and there's yeah. definitely a, a Lois Lane type of character in his arms. So, um, you know, oh, we cool. got different covers. Oh, did we? Yeah, uh, I got the one with again. He's, he's carrying a number one on his shoulder. Oh no, he's no. got. We uh, we, we instinctively buy the opposite covers. That's yeah. that's very interesting because I think that has happened every every week. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, I'm also that I'll go back to number one, which is that the second of the Green Lantern books, Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps, uh, Robert Venditti uh, writing, but most notable because Ethan Van Skyver, who had really risen to uh, popularity on the backs of, of illustrating Green Lantern, most uh, famously through Blackest Night, as really returning to the book on a regular basis. Hal Jordan and the Corps in general. I keep getting distracted by this by this uh batman wonder woman superman doomsday snickers uh yeah i keep on thinking where did they come from (laughs) i'm really annoyed that they're doing such great artwork on these ads and sticking them right in the middle of the book uh but anyway uh so uh again i haven't read this but because i've been enjoying green lanterns uh again rebirth has gotten me back into buying characters and comics that I had not in several years because I just want to see what they're doing with it. 
and I just have I have that much faith. So the Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps came out this week, so looking forward to that. All right, next on your stack. Okay, the next on my stack, again, uh, it is not a book that came out this week, but it was in my bag this week. And it's it's a way to revisit a book that I was so excited to see come out and I was very happy with. And now, now people can get the trade paperback version of W.B. DuBay's The Rook, which uh, collects the first one, collects the first four issues of that series. Um, and if you don't know The Rook, it was originally in, I think it was Eerie. I don't think it was Creepy. I think it was Eerie. Creepy was uh, Demon Hunter. Um but it's basically Doctor Who with a gun. Uh, he and before we really knew Doctor Who in the U.S. Is this a collection of the Dynamite series? Uh, it is. Oh, no, okay. it, uh, let's see. Let me, let me make, Was it a, make sure. No, it's a Dark House, Dark Horse book. Dark Horse. Okay, yeah. sorry. Yes, yeah. but it's the one that came out last year. Yeah, I bought the first issue. Yeah, so yeah. and, and, and well, I, I was waiting for the trade. It's Stephen Grant and Paul Galassi. There we go. Which okay. is a great team. I love Glacey's art, and it's a he's not at the top of his form anymore, but it's still really, really good. So uh, cool, yeah. cool. Uh, let's see. I'm also going to go within one more uh, rebirth book because here's the title. Again, this speaks to the power of rebirth, the sight unseen. Uh, I'm giving everything a try, and a book that I literally have not bought in probably two decades. Nightwing, ah. giving it uh, a character that they had <clears throat> totally ripped apart by making him Grayson for many years. Oh, they exposed his identity. Right, in Forever Evil. Uh, he's notoriously uh, disliked by Dan DiDio internally, uh, which, you know, Dan DiDio only half-heartedly says, no, I, I don't. Um, yeah, you do. Uh, <laughs> so... <laughs> But the fan response is so great. You've got to have Nightwing. So this is actually Nightwing Rebirth. This isn't Nightwing number one. That's the confusion with this rebirth of having you know these. So um, Dick Grayson back in as that character. Very, very interesting because obviously what's going on in Batman and Detective is really pushing towards. I think it was last week Batman. Uh, Batman number two made a made a, there was a, a note about a Bruce Wayne saying you know when I die Dick is supposed to take over. And I don't know that it's going to be enough. And I thought, well, there's an interesting uh, conflict of what if Dick really, now that he's had, you know, because he's been Batman, uh, maybe he doesn't want to be. Uh, you know, so we'll see. And and I believe the storyline is going to be that he's going to come back trying to be better than. So, uh, and Tim Seeley, who's an interesting writer with uh, art by Yannick Packett, who is one of my favorites, uh, is uh, is there. So this is just a... Yeah, uh, I'm thinking this is going to be a cool book, and I and that was most unexpected for me. But almost everything about Rebirth has been unexpected in terms of how well it works for me. Um, so that's I think that was that was all three. So let's uh, let's move to movies, shall we? And kind yes. of get through here. Uh, that uh, speaking of shared universes, because we're just about DC and their big universe in the movies, of course, uh, Universal is trying to tie all their monsters together into a monster verse, if you will. And they have announced that they're in talks with Javier Bardem to play Frankenstein's monster. So we have Johnny Depp as the Invisible Man, Russell Crowe as Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. 
uh, Tom Cruise as whoever's facing up against the mummy. And you have Javier Bardem as the monster, which actually is a really good choice if that's if that's going to come through. The interesting thing is that they still keep saying each one outside of the mummy. Uh, Dr. Jekyll uh, will appear in the mummy first. Uh, I think the Invisible Man will appear in, Do- in Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. And and then the monster will appear in, in the Invisible Man before getting his own solo film. You know, I was thinking about about this and and thing. What's it missing? And it's missing Abbott Costello. And I was thinking, well, who would you use? Well, you you said that before. Yeah. You've you've actually made this entire. But connection. did I say who I who I would put in there? Key and Peele. Yes. Yes, you said that about a month ago. Did I ago. say that? Oh. Yeah. It's such yeah. a good idea. Yeah, it's okay. That Xanax is working out really well. Yeah. What's the what's the the drug they use on Arrested Development? Forget me no, forget me nows. Um, that's what it is. Um, yes, I. But I think the the thing is the reverse engineering it. The thing is all those crossovers and those references because you know uh, Abnixillo meet Frankenstein ends with the Invisible Man, but that's yes. after the movies have already you know established them separately. It's this it's this weird duplicating the marvel thing of hinting at the next that is just kind of odd to me uh because it doesn't feel like that's an organic thing because again uh, even though the universal movies did originally you know the original ones did eventually connect up you know at least dracula and frankenstein uh were separate until you know they were not mentioned as being in the same universe until this until they actually did cross over um the interesting thing is you know they did have that dracula untold and they're not counting that Hmm. as part of this this universe so dracula himself still has to be rebooted okay now that's odd we're also missing a wolfman A Wolfman. Well, I mean, that's what it was originally, the Wolfman. Yes. Uh, you know, so we're we're missing a Wolfman. So we we need that. Uh, what else could there be? I, you know, the, the, those are the big ones. Let's get a daughter Dracula in there. We do have a female mummy. We know that, and it's the. Uh, I did find. I can't remember her name, but I did find out who it is playing the mummy, and that is the woman who was the blade-footed assassin from uh, Kingsman. Oh, really? Yeah. So she's tough. I could see her as a yeah. soul sucking mummy. Uh, you know, so that one works. Um, you mentioned Ghostbusters earlier. They will not be. Uh, rumor is that uh, they are not going to be shown in China. By, and by not, be, not because they're female. Yeah. But because the Chinese government frowns on uh, the supernatural. And that apparently uh, Ghostbusters is not a very popular. It was not the original one. wasn't very popular in China either. Do, do they frown on the supernatural? They frown on the supernatural being being shown as a source of evil and and. Oh no! I I, I think that uh, it's it's the same. I, I I'm going to connect the dots here, and it's the same reason why you don't have the haunted mansion in Hong Kong uh, at Disneyland. There, you have uh, Mystic Manor instead. Right. Because if you see a ghost, you run from that ghost. You do not mess with that ghost. 
Okay. So partially because they also see the ghosts as they're your ancestors. Right. So you should revere them, but you shouldn't mess with them. So you know, the making the light, making light of it, but really dealing with it. You know, they're they're not something to be. Uh, I guess acclimatized to. Uh, so it's 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 just interesting in an age where, you know, years ago Dan Votto from SLG told us it was the or at least was the person who introduced me to the concept of brick, Brazil, Russia, India, China as the new um, international film market, but the BRI have all really fallen away. It's been years since I've heard anybody talk about trying to make sure make sure they break do well in Russia, uh, or do and certainly to do well in, in Brazil or India, because India has its own thriving uh, you know film industry, but China is still there's a lot of kowtowing and uh, to make sure that a, a movie does well there, like Warcraft is going to get a sequel because it's huge in China, did not do well here, but uh, but they it, it made a little note. Don't you think it's it's not so much that they aren't doing well? It's just that the films don't have to really be modified for the other. I mean, they don't have to have they don't have to the same sensitivities to be aware of and be concerned of, in particular the government and what. It, no, 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 no. I, I they're they're not. I, I think the market has dropped off. Really? Okay. Uh, Brazil, in particular, because the economy's gone down. Yeah. Um, and and uh, I, I just don't think there's the response. I think India would rather make their own versions. Hmm. And, uh, you know, which is, I, I would think China would too, uh, but, but, you know, the, the, I think China is almost, it's, it's more of a, uh, of a challenge because there's a limited amount of, of foreign films that can be shown there. So, you know, uh, the studios really, really want a piece of that. Um, they, it's, it's interesting. It's, it, it is interesting. Um, I will get to an actual review of it later, but, uh, you know, you, again, you brought up Ghostbusters and the female thing. I, uh, my son and I saw it last night and I'm back to the thing about rebirth, you know, uh, the movie itself, uh, was far better than our concerns. Uh, probably a better plot actually than the original was, um, I've heard some people say it's uh, it's you know super insanely funny. I didn't think it was like super insanely funny. I thought it was really, I thought it was funny. I probably would have found it funnier if I hadn't known the original movie so well. Um, but you know, to my son, to a generation to for whom Ghostbusters is an old movie, this one is hilarious. Okay. So I think it's going to do extremely well, and and deserves to. It's really well made. That is probably the most surprising thing out of that trailer that did not amuse me at all uh, to this, where I was like, oh, once you put those jokes in context, they work much better. So um, and the characterizations work much better. And it was it was scarier in places. And, you know, I think just put together so much better than say definitely the Ghostbusters, too. So uh, got a credit. For Wonder Woman, I, I didn't, uh, but they finally released, uh, revealed who the official screenwriters, because I think we talked like a year or so ago that Warner Brothers approach to the DC Universe movies where they were ha- getting pitches from a variety of uh, screenwriters and they were choosing which one they liked best and that was get, got, who got to move forward. And I'm assuming Wonder Woman's like almost all is completely shot but they hadn't actually officially said who was the, who the screenwriters were. 
And so this week they revealed that uh, the pitch that won was Alan Heinberg, who was one of the writers on uh, Young Avengers, oh. way back when from Marvel, created uh-huh. Young, the Young Avengers, and uh, uh, I think he created the OC, uh, Alan Heinberg and Jeff Johns. So Jeff Johns has a full screenwriting credit for Wonder Woman, and uh, that it's a full uh, that it's a, kind of a straightforward origin story, though set in World War One rather than World War Two. Right. Uh, can also point out in movies that if you would like to just you know stare into the abyss over on Fanboy Planet the page, uh, Entertainment <laughs> Weekly got the first photo of uh, the new Pennywise from the uh, from It Part One. Uh, that's going to come out in the fall of 2017. So the evil clown from Stephen King's classic novel um, looks very Tim Curry-ish to me, but <laughs> no matter how you slice it, it comes up scary evil clown. So if you'd like to take a look at that, uh, it's uh, the, the, eyes are, the eyes are new. The eyes are a little different, a little weird, a little uh, dangerous. Yeah, it's a little dangerous. A little, it, it's a scary photo, just like you can't look at, you know, uh, <laughs> which is my current favorite Facebook meme of uh, Tim Curry's Pennywise in the gutter, uh, right. <laughs> in the drain, saying, we got Pokemon down here. Uh, <laughs> it's like, oh, it's true. Just like the Buffalo Bill from Science of the Lambs going, I've got Pokemon in the basement. And <laughs> my response is, are they rare? Okay, I'm, I'm in. Uh, so... Uh, <laughs> Your skin, anyway, your skin is quite moist this evening. It is. I I, I, I water. Uh, Bill Skarsgård, who is Alexander's younger brother and also son of, of Stellan Skarsgård, is uh, playing Pennywise, and he's not that much older than the rest of the cast. Uh, uh, they confirmed in Entertainment Weekly that this is their filming part one, which is the kids uh, facing down with Pennywise. Bill Skarsgård oh, is, is only twenty five, so there's. Not a great age difference, and then kind of end in a cliffhanger. And if it does well, that's an interesting thing. They said, if it does well, we'll see part two. Interesting. Which I thought, well, that's the smart thing to do, <laughs> I guess. And I know that you know that uh, the first director, Kerry Fukunaga, had walked off because they were trying to get him to do it down in, in one. He said he would he would only do this the film in two parts. And I guess there it is. They Warner Brothers was not willing to commit to two, but I think he was right. You had to do two parts. But it um, is a theatrical is, release. This is a theatrical release. Yeah. Right. So, but because of the, of the size of that book and and the and the the chunkiness of that book, the depth of it, yeah. you know, you really do have to divide that story into two. And uh, so they're just hedging their bets on it, which I thought was just interesting. You know, it's it's sort of like. Uh, uh, was the Golden Compass, you know, which ends, which is the first of a trilogy in which it was very clear that two and three just were never going to happen, you know. Um, it's a difficult, it's a difficult road for a studio to walk because the other one too is Percy Jackson. The uh, first Percy Jackson movie ends in a way that reveals too much from the rest of the series because they didn't have a guarantee they could they could move forward, and and then they had to kind of scramble to sort of undo some things and fix some things when they did the second one. And then nobody was pleased, even though the second one was, was better. So I'm counting on just the fact that it's a scary clown and it's a good, <laughs> it's really good source material doing well. The flip side is it's being released in September. So again, it is hedging bets. It's hoping that there's not a lot of competition, but again, I would say 
Count on the clown. Count on the clown. Let's go to television, uh, which is that, uh, as you pointed out, Shout Factory is working with Dynamite Entertainment to release Red Sonia, Queen of Plagues, a motion comic. Just as, you know, it hasn't gotten a lot of attention, but Shout Factory has been doing a very consistent and regular line of Marvel uh, motion comics this way. Yeah, I think starting with the uh, X-Men. Well, they started with the X-Men. They've done uh, Thor and Loki, Blood Brothers. Uh, they did the X-Men. Uh, they did Wolverine Origins. They've yeah. done uh, the one that uh, Jeff Loeb wrote where Wolverine and Sabretooth were, uh, were actually like a, a separate species. They weren't mutants. They were like this wolf, parallel wolf uh, species. Um, I know I have a couple more. Uh, of, there's a Black Widow one, I think, as well. Yeah. Um, so you know they've been. They, it's a it's a small niche market, but it, it it's interesting. I think this has actually gotten more attention and more press, maybe because you know it's dy- the first time another uh, publisher has kind of ventured into it. But they're pulling directly from a Gail Simone uh, miniseries with all uh, art by Walter Giovanni. I'm I'm not. Sh- oh, uh, Misty Lee. Right. Uh, is the voice of Red Sonia. So isn't that Paul Dini's wife? I don't know. Uh, she I'm... was she or ex-wife, at least she was his girlfriend. Uh, she was a magician. She was the model for Zatanna for a, a long time. And she is a magician and become a, a voiceover artist. So yeah, I don't have the press. Uh, she they gave her credit on another um, related fan. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I saw that. Too. I can't remember what it was, but uh, but I, I wrote back to um the PR guy on this. And I said, do you have a preview a promo or anything? And he, he sent me back a link. So I've seen a little bit of it. Um, I was a little, you know, going all the way back to, uh, the first one, Joss Whedon's, uh, X-Men. Mm-hmm. Astonishing. astonishing. X-Men. Well, the first one was astonishing that we have mm-hmm. to be astonishing. And then the second one was gifted or was the first one. Gifted? Right. But no, the first one was gifted. Saying- the second one was dangerous. That's right. Um, but the, what happened with that, with the first one they did, they actually took the animation and they made parts of it three dimensional. So a head would turn and you'd see the different surfaces of the front of the face or whatever. And they've kind of dropped that of late. I don't know if they just, it's just prohibitively expensive or they found they could get by without it. Uh, But I haven't really paid a lot of attention to the stuff between the two. So when I saw this, I was a bit disappointed that um, it was actually better when it started out, the uh, the technique used for the motion comic part. I think it depends on the art, you know, uh, because like uh, I can't remember who did the Thor Blood Brothers, uh, who the artist was, but it was painted. Yeah. It was, you know, it was just super beautiful. And it's like well, if, the, if, they, yeah. it, if it had had if they'd added depth to what was already a very you know had a great depth of field to it it would have messed with it but yeah. i also suspect it's prohibitively expensive I think it was so. t- it was time consuming i don't know if neil adams studio is still continuity studios is is still the one doing it but uh that's who had done the the x-men right, ones right right um and the, that may be too if they shifted studios and misty's voice is really good the other the uh, there were a number of other voice actors in the previews and they were okay. I mean, it was, it was, it's kind of a, you know, a flashback story with uh, Sonia and her sister from the pits, the, you know, where they fought together side by side kind of thing. So, um, 
it, it's interesting that this is coming out in a combo package with Blu-ray and DVD. So, I has your experience been? Do you do you go out of your way to get the D, the Blu-ray version of animated comic stories? Um, I tend to get the Blu-rays for like the DC, uh-huh. um, but only because that's what this. I they they tend to send me the combo packs. Okay, and even the Lego. Um, I don't think it's necessary. Uh, you know, and and we've had this conversation on the podcast before too, is because there's only so much clarity of line that you need, right? Because this isn't like the sumptuous. You know, I, I'll still go. Uh, you, you know, you want to watch Disney's Pinocchio? Watch the Blu-ray, right? Because that's cleaned up into a way, and you're seeing detail in the painting that you haven't seen. But what they're doing out of DC Animation, which is is really well done for the budgets they have, but it doesn't need to be high def. You know, it just, it just doesn't. So there's no, there's no real subtlety of color, uh, subtlety of movement that is lost between those two formats. So I, you know, I, I don't think Blu-ray is necessarily necessary unless that's what you have to play on. Yeah. You know, um, so there it is. And, you know, I mean, I'm in a weird position right now of, you know, I have a laptop where I could not find it when I went to buy a new laptop. I could not find one that had a Blu-ray player, so I have to buy an external one. Uh, you know, I have Blu-ray players, but I don't have access to them most of the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I find myself watching DVDs more often than I used to, and that's just kind of you know, kind of or actually going to. You know, let's face it, we're all just watching Netflix and Hulu anyway. Um, a lot of the time. Most of the time. All right. Uh, to point out, we're going, we're going to circle back to Comic-Con. Patton Oswalt is voicing a new character. I, uh, let's call him a recurring character because I'm sure he's going to appear again uh, in the way that he's a recurring character on We Bear Bears as well as a cute little koala who's a YouTube star. Uh, he's going to be appearing on My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic, because it's a Comic-Con-themed episode. And his character is named Quibble Pants, which I think is the greatest my, my little pony uh <laughs> i th- i actually think that uh, Patton may end up changing his legal name to quibble pants because it just quibble, fits quibble pants i think it fits his persona yeah but isn't his last stand up special uh referred to how much his daughter knew about my little pony so it's clear that he has been a fan and i was thinking about this being that like you know as much as um it's nominated for a hugo uh and I think that was one of those um, sad puppies. Uh, yeah. Yeah, stock, stocking horses. Uh, so it was kind of a joke nomination. But I said then and I say now, look, the thing is, this is actually a really hip show, and I don't mean that as an insult. Uh, I've caught a couple of episodes. Uh, both my kids like it, and uh, I've watched it and thought, it's really well written. It's really kind of fun. Um and it's kind of clever and knowing and, you know, so, and I think once you get Pat Oswalt involved, uh, and granted, I mean, part of it is it's so that he's doing a voice on a show that he knows his daughter will watch. Uh, but you know, I, I have a feeling that they'll take some well-deserved funny, but gentle shots at, at fandom, yeah. uh, in this episode with the, with the character quibble pants. So that's going to be, uh, televised after after comic-con but uh they're they're going to be doing some publicity for it uh and a panel at comic-con as well to talk about 
uh, My Little Pony. As well, the last thing, because uh, well, I, just I one... meant to talk about this a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, what are you going to say? I was going to say, the, uh, there's a documentary available. I think it's on Netflix about the bronies. Yes. The male, and I actually, I, I started watching this thing just out of curiosity, but it was actually a really compelling <laughs> story. It was late. You were alone. No, it, it was, was going to hurt. And you're just going, these guys aren't really weird. They're just, they're, they're looking for an is innocence that they're not finding anywhere else. And it's, it's, uh, it's actually fairly, uh, it's not, it, people talk about bronies and they kind of go, Oh, it's creepy. I'm like, well, yeah, maybe we all just need to relax a little bit. No, no. As I've said before, it only really got creepy and it's not their fault. It got creepy when they did, uh, Equestria High mm. when they turned the ponies into sexualized teen girls. Oh. There is a subset series of, of, of movies of that. So um, that's when it got creepy. There's just no way around it. Uh, <laughs> I don't think the teen girls uh, or the tween girls were demanding that change. Um, I'm not sure the bronies were either. But, uh, you know, it, it's just kind of interesting there. But uh, one last thing that's being shown at Comic-Con, uh, even though it's not going to be televised uh, till mid-season, we kind of dropped the ball when this was announced a few weeks ago that there's a pilot, uh, probably a couple months ago, actually, that is a, there's a series being developed of the uh, film, Nicholas Meyer film, Time After Time, H.G. Wells chasing... Jack the Ripper into 1970s San Francisco. I'm sure that part of the premise has been changed, altered, updated, but they're turning it into a TV series for ABC for mid season. And the pilot will be shown at Comic-Con on Saturday night. I want to see that. That's one of my favorite movies. It's a fantastically great movie. Uh, Malcolm McDowell, David Warner, David and, Warner is just so and, uh, Mary Steenburgen. Uh, and it has one and of a my good novel. It's got one of my favorite scenes where I, that I use to explain how you do horror without showing the beginning sequence where Jack the Ripper is, has got his victim in the hallway and he puts his watch down and he you know he's going to kill her and you don't get to see the knife, you don't get to see her or anything. There's a little bit of a shadow on the wall and then a single stream of blood goes off and drapes over the uh, the watch and stuff. And it's just like, it's a creepily compelling but nothing you could actually say is um this is why you know this is uh and i know it's going to come back around to tv with with the star trek series that brian fuller is uh producing and has brought nicholas meyer uh back on as a consulting producer uh, i think nicholas meyer is one of the most underrated oh yeah filmmakers and storytellers wrath of khan wrath of khan undiscovered country uh, 7% uh, time solution. after time, seven percent solution, and uh, the, you know he's just there's not a lot of of Nicholas Meyer films. There aren't very many, but I can't. I don't think that any of them are bad. I think they're all just really well done films yeah. and and compelling stories. You know, and so and, and cool takes on things you think you know. So uh, I too am looking forward to that. I would like to kind of get the key card because uh, that's what <laughs> that's one of the key cards. I just have a little time after time. I'm and you need remind that myself. key card to work the uh, time machine. 
Ah, oh, if only, you know, because the other thing that's going to be a problem, and, and we should we just leave with the solution. It was also announced last week that Netflix signed a deal with CW, so that eight days after the season ends, uh, all the shows, CW shows, will go directly to Netflix and exclusively to Netflix. So I'm not sure what that means for someone like myself who has been counting on being able to catch up on Hulu, uh, like you know within the week after an episode airs. Uh, If that means that I have to wait an entire season, if I miss the flash or I have to really, really keep up to it either on Comcast or I'm going to have to make sure that my recorder has it. And I, there are weeks, you know, I don't have time to catch up. So I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little leery of this, but on the other hand, you get to binge watch through, uh, you know, in, in April. So, or, or may that could be, that could be very exciting and fun too, because the flash is promised to be really crazy. Um, and I should, uh, I think I pointed out a couple of weeks ago on the podcast, you know, agents of shield season three is complete on, uh, Netflix right now and sort of a sci-fi series. Now you were catching up on Mr. Robot this week because I, I saw you posting and yeah. freaking out about it, which, uh, season two starts. Oh my gosh, this week it doesn't it. Doesn't it start it's, tonight? What are we doing talking? Uh, no, yeah, it probably does. And I, and I, because I have my son, I can't watch it because it's just too intense to watch with my son. But um, uh, I should also point out another one that I've started, that I binge watched. I'm almost done over the last few days. Uh, Crazy Ex Girlfriend. Oh, yeah. I watched the first couple episodes of that. Oh, no. Get deeper. Get deeper. Really? That show is fantastic. It's one that, you know, it was one of those, oh, it's a critical darling and nobody seems to be watching it, but the CW did renew it it and oh, really? i can understand why one yeah yeah it's it is renewed for a second season it starts uh in october and uh you know i should point out too rachel bloom did uh ray did bradbury. a video years ago f me ray bradbury and uh she when ray bradbury passed away she did write a kind of a memorial on fanboy planet for us it was a great coup great thing that i really didn't know who she was outside of that video and then she shows up as the creator of this absolutely absolutely brilliant show so uh uh you know catch rachel bloom and her genius and it really is genius it's uh it, it, you know it's exaggerated hilarious uh and watching it i was thinking man what i really like now is a gallivant crazy ex-girlfriend mashup <laughs> i want those two universes really? to collide wow because <laughs> <laughs> if that crazy ex-girlfriend has a dragon all bets are off <laughs> so <laughs> and we'll see who else has a dragon next week at comic-con uh I'm not sure what our release schedule will be. There'll be plenty of interviews. I'm sure there will also be a couple of podcasts out of Comic-Con and audio files and so forth. So uh, just keep keep looking for us. And, of course, if you have any questions, comments, compliments, commentary, criticism, write in to editor at fanboyplanet.com. I'm Derek McCaw. And I'm Rick Snyder reminding you to use use your powers powers only only for for good. Thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.thegreatlukeski.com. I'm Derek McCaw.
And I'm Rick Brett Snyder reminding you to use, use your, your powers, powers only, only for, for good. good. Okay. That was probably weird, but let's just leave it at it. Yeah, I know it's fine. <laughs> I think I'm, all right. I think in my my headphones, yeah, in my headphones, I'm ahead of you just a little bit. So when I slow down and then you slow down a little bit, trying to keep on me, it's like, no, okay, fine. <laughs> yeah, it happens. All right, cool. All righty.